Welcome to Startup Health Now. My name is Unity Stokes. I'm the co-founder and president of Startup Health. Um, and it is my great pleasure to welcome Dr. Ash uh, Zanuz to the program today. Uh, Dr. Ash is the general manager of Salesforce for all of healthcare and life sciences. Welcome. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. We are at Health 2019 in Las Vegas. Lots of activity going on. I thought uh, it would be a fun time to sit down together and and learn more about you, your background, um, and what you're doing at Salesforce. Um, I know we're going to be sitting down and having a fireside chat during the Startup Health Festival uh, in January, so I thought this would be a nice prelude to that. Um, why don't we start with learning about you and, and your background. Uh, you started as a, you're, you're a, a medical doctor. Maybe talk about how you got into healthcare. Boy, for as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a physician. I don't think I knew anything else. Um, I come from an Indian family, so uh, you're either a doctor or an engineer and maybe a lawyer, but otherwise uh, I didn't really know of anything else. I come from a family of physicians, grandfather, uncles, aunts. My father's a veterinarian. Uh, my mom's a lawyer, so that one's off. But um, So yeah, I just went through uh, high school thinking I'm going to be a doctor and uh, did all of the things I you know needed to do to get into medical school. I went to a seven-year combined medical program at University of Florida and uh, have loved it ever since. I love the practice of medicine and I love what it stands for. And then you also served at the VA. Maybe talk a little bit about your role there. I think uh, anyone who serves in, in government has um, great perspective on, on healthcare and everything's going on. What were you doing in government? So in uh, 2015, I went to Washington, D.C., uh, stopped my full-time practice of medicine. Um, I went to D.C. as a health policy fellow in the Senate, uh, worked in various committees. And that's where I, you know, I'd always been practicing at the VA in some capacity uh, throughout my career. And I also trained at the VA. Uh, but I had the amazing and incredible opportunity to go uh, become a senior executive at the Department of Veterans Affairs in D.C. Uh, initially, I started off where I was responsible for uh, a broad range of things like policy and research and uh, clinical programs and uh, informatics, et cetera. And that was amazing to run that from an operational perspective. And uh, I stayed on in the current administration to become the chief medical officer for uh, EHR modernization. If, um, I mean, one, I will tell you that if you know, someone has the opportunity to go serve in government. Um, it is incredibly rewarding, uh, great perspective on how government just works in general. But uh, serving at the VA, I just think it was an honor of a lifetime to be in that role. And um, I felt like I was really learning while I was in that position as well, because um, I don't know, it was just such an incredible experience. But my time at VA, um, like I said, I had a dual role. Uh, broad swaths of things. The VA, for most people, if they don't know it, is uh, the largest healthcare system in the United States. Mm -hmm. It's also payer, probably the largest payer outside of Medicare. Uh, they have 21 million veterans that are eligible for VA care, and 9 million get care at any given time. Um, close to 2,000 facilities with 178 uh, hospitals and 1,200 and some outpatient facilities. So lots of like care and uh, delivery of care as well as um, insurance, like I said, they, they send a lot of folks out into the community, so exchange of data that's happening with the private sector. So it, it's just incredible to be inside um, 
work with innovative teams within VA, not only with uh, technology, but also start new programs and test it out and you know, send it out to thousands and millions of people. So it's just an incredible experience. You know, a lot of, a lot of the listeners are entrepreneurs, innovators, um, a lot of investors out there. I wonder, uh, before we jump into what you're doing today, do you have any lessons learned um, that innovators today might be able to take um, as they're trying to think about working with government, think about innovating um, around healthcare, but how to do that in ways that actually work with government? Yeah. So it's a really good question. Um, I think things have gotten a lot easier for uh, people from the private sector to work with government on uh, joint projects. The public-private partnership is much more available and open uh, in the current administration. Um, also, I mean, I think it was open in the last administration as well. So I think over the last like decade or so, I've seen that change quite a bit. Um, and I think, um, you know, particularly within the VA, there is some incredible innovation that's happening within VA, right? And so um, I think it's it's important to partner with people that are inside the system so that you can bring things that are impactful to the folks on the inside. And that's probably true for any organization, government or not. But particularly in government, you have, you know, the standard regulations that go with healthcare, and then you have all of the other things that come along with working with a government organization. So it's going to be really hard for you to bring things in from the outside if you don't have somebody that's um, that's your Sherpa on the inside. Right? Find a champion. Yeah, you have to have a champion on the inside. Um, and work on things that you know will scale. Like I said, the VA, uh, DOD, you know, it doesn't matter which facility you're working with. These are large-scale facilities. And so if you're going to bring things in, you really want to think through, are you ready for that kind of scale? And are you, is your infrastructure going to support those sort of things? And I think that's when you're going to be successful. That's very helpful. Thank you. Um, so today, you're, you're in the private sector. You've got this amazing role as lead of healthcare at, at Salesforce. A great innovative company. Um, talk a little bit about your role there and, and what your vision and, and mission is there. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't know this actually when I came to Salesforce. Um, Salesforce has been around for 20 years, which I knew. They just had their birthday earlier this year. But uh, what I didn't know is that they've been working with healthcare and life science companies for 20 years. Uh, traditionally, though, they've been in the CRM space. So, sales CRM, they've been selling to pharma companies. So they have long-standing relationships with a lot of healthcare companies. So when I came in, I was expecting that it was a it was a budding uh, industry. What I have found now that I'm on the inside is there are so many use cases to what Salesforce traditionally does that we can bring in from other industries into uh, into healthcare and life sciences. So I think that's what's really exciting. So my role is to look across different industries to bring in that innovation, but also to bring in our industry experts into Salesforce so that we can work together with our engineers and our product managers to build products that are more and more relevant to our industry, right? So. Uh, so that's our role, but we've been in this business. So we also have uh, design champions that are partnering with us from the industry. So our customers are working with us to build things together. And so we have this amazing ecosystem of customers and partners and uh, us working together to bring things to uh, to the you know to the healthcare and industry. What, what types of customers do you focus on? So we have everybody that you would think when you think healthcare. 
we've got them. So we work with uh, payers, we work with hospital systems or providers as uh, reference them, uh, payers, providers, medical device companies, pharma companies, genomics companies, uh, PBMs, CROs, you know, any of the Generally, we, we divide into four sectors, like I uh, described earlier, and then you've got the micro verticals under those that we work with. So pretty broad swath. And any technology company that sells to other healthcare companies, we work with them as well. We provide the, the CRM for them. And is there, this might be off topic a little bit, is there a, a channel, an innovation pathway perhaps for emerging companies, entrepreneurs specifically, who are busy building the next generation of, of health innovation solutions. Are is Salesforce working with those types of companies? Is there a pathway in for them? Yeah, so uh, we have an incredible ecosystem of partners. And so when I say partners, I don't just mean the GSIs or the RSIs, the system integrators. Uh, we do work with them as well, and they bring on a lot of innovation. They do joint ventures with us. But there are independent companies that come in into the ISV ecosystem and they build, um, they bring on apps into our ecosystem that way. So uh, we have that. And then we also do a lot, lot of uh, venture investments into companies and we have joint ventures as well. So they will build on our platform uh, and have multiple use cases that you know we don't have out there. Uh, we're not looking right now to, to go very, very deep in every one of our use case areas. So we have blueprints where we say, here's the stuff that we're going to do. And here's stuff where we see is white space. So come innovate with us. And they will come and use our, our platforms, whether it's Health Cloud or uh, other cloud products that we have. Uh, and they build on top of us to have these incredible uh, products that are out in the market. And is, the, is it through your healthcare group the right pathway? Is there some separate innovation pathway for startups, emerging companies that go through that channel? What, what would you recommend for someone, the best way to kind of knock on the door and, and get in? So yes, we're happy to bring folks in. Uh, we work with uh, all of the partners that uh, want to come in and strategically work with customers or uh, projects, but we also have an incredible group of people that work in the partnerships group itself uh, with ISVs. So we work really closely with them on looking at partner strategy, uh, where they're going to build together so they can come in through that uh, ecosystem as well. And if they know folks in product, they can also come in through that route. So. Really, we're pretty connected on the inside within Salesforce. Um, even though it's a large company, all of the healthcare folks talk to each other and we work together uh, with our partners. Wonderful, thank you. Um, so as a practicing physician, someone who's spent significant time in government and now in the private sector um, at an innovative company, I wonder if you could maybe compare and contrast. What have you learned from those very different kind of backgrounds, um, just, you know, what, what stands out to you, I guess? Well, you know, I've been on the other side where vendors have come and sold to me. So it, it's a good perspective now that I see this side of the house. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing I will tell you when you're on the other side and you have multiple vendors coming at you, sometimes you can get frustrated and think they're all the same. But when you're on this side, you see how much thought goes into a process to pitch a customer. So I really do have an appreciation for that on this side. But having come from the other side for the last 
you know, decade or two decades where we've worked with multiple vendors, what I see is a lot of people bring their technology and try to get the get us to adapt to them, right? So, you know, we've written these workflows, put them into your system, right? Traditional EHRs, like, here's what we've done for you. Why don't you go put these in? And I think slowly everyone's starting to recognize in the health tech industry that that's not how medicine's going to work. Maybe that's why we're, you know, quote unquote, behind in adoption of these innovations. Other industries, it's probably easier to get things in and give it, you know, they take it on and they adopt it a lot faster. But I mean, in healthcare, you really are dealing with life and death. And of course, change should be slow and should be more thoughtful. And you want your stakeholders engaged when you're building these workflows out for them or building these products. And, you know, if you if you look back at the history of some of the big tech giants that have tried and attempted to come into the health tech space, they have failed, right? And now people are back. And I think there are a couple of reasons for that. One, like I said, I think people are coming to the table and saying, how can we work with you? How can we have these design partnerships? How can we work together to bring in the things that you need? Let's start with why, what is the problem you have and why are you trying to do this? And let's see if my technology can actually help you in the process, not the other way around. So I think that's really important. Two, I think there is, you know, clamor for for change within the healthcare industry, right? So there's consumerism and we've been talking about this um, everywhere. And consumers are out there saying they're rallying for change. They don't want to go to an antiquated system where they have to wait around for an hour to check in or uh, to see a doctor, right? They don't want those experiences. They want the Uber or the Lyft experience, the Amazon experience, you know, whatever you want to call it, where they want ease of use and they want reliability and they want to be able to trust the system. And healthcare system has realized that if it's going to survive and not be disrupted by all these new entrants, that they've got to get on board. So I think those two factors are really making changes and I'm excited to be a part of it here. Yeah, why, why do you think, you know, we're, we see this consumerism uh, that's taken shape over the last 25 years and virtually every category, um, we're just expecting it in our day-to-day lives. You mentioned Amazon, uh, Lyft, um, why is it taking so long? Why is it so hard? What do we need to do to really crack the code that here in, in healthcare? I mean, it's a broad, big question, of course, but is there a general theme of things we need to tackle as a, an ecosystem to really start to crack the code here? Yeah. So look, I think, um, you know, people have always wanted to have ease of use and um, get care when they want. And, you know, of course, everybody wants that, right? So they want to have the concierge service when, you know, when they need it for, for an inexpensive uh, price. Of course we want it. But I think we didn't have the opportunity because I think technology generally wasn't ready for it either. But with the emergence of like other, with other industries that are innovating, um, like Amazon, like I said, where you don't have to wait to go to a store to pick up a pair of shoes. You can order it online. It could be at your house same day or next day. Or you don't have to flag a taxi or wait to call a car to go to the airport. Now, you know, within the last decade, you're now able to, with the click of a button, you're able to call an Uber and say, 
you know, come get me, I'm standing in this place, right? When you have reliability and ease in all of these other industries, it's the same consumer that's in healthcare. So now they're saying, well, why can't I do it in healthcare? And I think in healthcare, one of the problems is with interoperability. Like we don't have the ease of transferring data back and forth really quickly to get everything we need when we need it and have a holistic look at all of our all of our systems, right? So that just it just hasn't been around. So it's been harder. And as, a, as an industry, we're just more conservative in some ways where we say, let's take a pause, let's take a deep breath, let's take a look, let's see if it works. And I think that's important. But I think with the, like I said earlier, with the rallying cry of the consumers to say, I want it faster and I want it now, we have to innovate faster. We are ripe for change. And I think that's going to go fast now. And we're in the, in the process of it now. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're in the first innings, but I think it's going to go a lot faster than it did over the last decade. So one of the trends we're seeing is what we call doctrepreneurs. These are doctors that are also becoming entrepreneurs. Um, many of them are still practicing as they're building their businesses. I wonder, I know um, you've practiced, I'm not sure if you're still practicing today, but you've practiced through your career. Yes. Um, do you recommend that um, for, for people who have served as, as doctors? Uh, maybe full-time and then go on to do other things to continue practicing what and if you do maybe what are some of those challenges that you've experienced well I think it's personal um, I've talked to folks that have been practicing for 30 years or 40 years and they let it go and say I'm ready to bring all of my experience that I have into uh, into being an entrepreneur or being an advisor or board advisor right um, and then there are folks that go to medical school um, maybe do a residency and stop and they're ready. They have the knowledge and the know-how of how things work, and they're ready to take that and become an entrepreneur. So I think it's really personal. I don't think there's really a right answer for that. For me, I I, I knew I didn't want to do, uh, I didn't want to practice full-time because I wanted to have a, a voice. Uh, I wanted to have a larger stage to talk about the things that mattered to me. I went through a personal experience where I became a caregiver for uh, my mom who had cancer and passed with that. And I wanted to get out there and talk about the patient experience. I wanted to make it easy. I wanted research money to come in. So I had my own reasons for why I wanted to go and do things, not because I didn't like medicine or the practice of it. In fact, I still do practice today. I'm very lucky because Salesforce um, really promotes volunteerism. It's part of our culture and they encourage it. So I have protected time to actually go in and practice where uh, they say, yes, she is off because she's out doing things for healthcare and they accept it. And so I'm very fortunate that I have that. But I think it's difficult and it's a personal choice. Do I recommend it? Of course. I think if you have, um, if you're in it and you see what's going on, you see the workflows, you see whether something's working or not, you have other people around you, you know, it's your sandbox. You, you say, hey, I'm thinking about this idea. Do you think it would work in this environment? You've got automatic feedback, right? So I think, you know, I think it's important. That's helpful. Seeing um, healthcare from so many different angles today, what are you most optimistic about over the next couple of years? Where do you see things going? So I think healthcare innovation is such a broad uh, concept. You know, you could be talking about, like I said, the patient-consumer experience. You can be talking about precision medicine. You could be talking about digital therapeutics, right? It's such a broad area of things that are changing. Um, do you see they're all kind of changing? Or yes. there's one particular area that's leaping forward and that's the answer? 
Well, no, I mean, I, I talk to entrepreneurs all the time in my job and I see all different, you know, all these areas that are blossoming and blooming. Um, really exciting to hear about uh, focused, you know, they're bringing together uh, cancer technology with information and patient data and bringing it together to have much more precise way of treating types of tumors, right? So I've seen, and this has really evolved over the last 10 years. Um, I'm in the space or of the customer experience space. So I'm really excited about that because I think it also changes the patient experience, which I think is really important for patient outcomes. Um, we are, you know, right now we're at a company and we're looking at how do you go into a, let's say, a provider system. I mean, we work across all uh, sub-verticals, like I said, but I just, I look at the patient or, or the healthcare consumer and I see it's such a difficult uh, it's, it's, it's so difficult for the consumer to interact with the healthcare system. And we are able to go in and provide technology that brings all of their disparate systems together so that they, when they interact with the consumer, it's a seem, much more seamless experience, right? So that's what we're headed into, and we're doing that right now. So that's really exciting. I, you know, in the longer term, I would love to see a very a frictionless experience that also brings not only the information, but robust insights, AI automation that's bringing together the experience as well as you know, the uh, remote monitoring, digital therapeutics, like bring it all together for a frictionless, frictionless experience for the patient and to give them and to give patients choice of where they want to get care and if they need to come in. To me, that's really exciting, and I do see lots of innovation. I see that here. You know, I see. I saw it at other uh, health tech conferences. It's very different. The vibe is different now. Well, thank you so much. We're going to be digging into all of these topics in depth uh, when we sit down uh, for a fireside chat at the Startup Health Festival in January. Um, I just want to thank you for everything that you do as a physician. Um, and also for serving uh, in government. I think that's a, a very important thing. We need more people to do that as well, as you mentioned. So thank you for, for doing that. Um, any last words? Um, maybe one word close or anything you want to end with? Yeah, I say the future is bright and exciting and I'm really optimistic. So thank you for having me on. Thank you. See you soon.